1: Good morning, White Sox fans. I'm Jim Margulis, and this is your White Sox wake-up call for September 9th, 2022. The White Sox headed into the series against Oakland, hoping to see at least one Elvis Andrews revenge game. And sure enough, Andrews homered on the second pitch of the night. But everybody else seemed to take his release equally personally. The White Sox pounded J.P. Sears and Zach Logue for 14 runs over the first five innings. On the other side of the ball, Dylan C. struck out nine over six scoreless innings. And the two sides combined for a 14-2 laugher at the Coliseum. The White Sox combined for 21 hits, including five by Yoan Mankata. The White Sox hit five homers, including two by Yoan Mankata. Mankata came a triple shy of the cycle, and only a flyout off Sheldon Noisy's 43-mile-per-hour Ephesus' kept him from a perfect night. He had to settle for going five for six with five RBIs. It's his second five-hit game of the season, his second five-RBI game of the season, and he's the first guy to combine them twice in one season since Chris Bryant in 2016. He and Andrews combined to put the White Sox up 6-0 after two. They opened the game by going back to back off Sears, and after Andrews delivered a bloop RBI single in the second inning, Mancada followed up with a three-run shot that effectively cemented the route. But with seven innings left to play, others got in the act. Romy Gonzalez went four for five from the seventh spot, including a homer, double, and three RBIs, and he joined Andrews and Moncada with three runs scored. Aloy Jimenez shook off a couple of strikeouts against Sears with his 11th homer of the season. Sebi Zavala had a couple of doubles. Every White Sox starter had at least one hit. The only question is whether Cease would be able to make gains with regards to his Cy Young case. He answered that in the affirmative. His bid for a no-hitter died after two batters, but even without his best command, he still overpowered the A's and crossed the 200 strikeout mark along the way. He's now 14-6 with a 2.06 ERA in the season, and he's allowed just 15 earned runs over his last 19 starts. With the Astros' slow playing Justin Verlander back from his calf injury, Cease now only trails an ERA by two-tenths of a run while stretching his edge-in-innings pitch to 10. The blowout helped soften the blow from John Heyman's report earlier in the day. In his column for the New York Post, Heyman said that Tony La Russa is hoping to be back managing the White Sox as early as next week, and he wants to be in the Coliseum on Sunday when the A's retire the number of Dave Stewart, who won 20 games in four consecutive seasons for La Russa's dominant Oakland teams. The White Sox again refuse to issue any kind of real statement about La Russa's future, telling Heyman that they're not ready to set a return date for La Russa at this time as they await more information. I'm hoping the information they're seeking is less about La Russa and more about Miguel Cairo, who is 7-3 managing the White Sox this year, and 7-2 in games where he has standard notice that he's going to be managing the White Sox. The Sox will try to make it 8-2 tonight when Lucas Giolito takes the ball against James Caprelian. Giolito's just trying to keep his head above water this year, and while his 5.21 ERA suggests he's failing at that task, there's reason to like his chances tonight. For one, he's facing the A's. Two, he has an ERA below four on the road this year. Three, the Coliseum offers plenty of space for fly balls and pop-ups to be tracked down. Any pessimism about this game more stems from Caprillian, who held the Sox to one run over six innings in Oakland's lone win in the season series back on July 29th. Those were Tony LaRusso's White Sox, and here's hoping that continues to be a past tense reference. First pitch is at 8.40 p.m. Central on NBC Sports Chicago.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: Down on the farm, Charlotte lost to Nashville 10-6 despite the best efforts of Mark Payton, who wants back on the 26-man roster. He reached base four times, including a double in the stolen base. Gilbert Sanchez also had two hits, including his first triple-A triple. Project Birmingham chased in Chattanooga 7-2. Yolaki Cespedes topped Peyton by reaching base five times in a perfect night. Two for two with a homer, a walk, two hit by pitches, and three stolen bases. Luis Mieses and Brian Ramos also had two hits apiece at the top of the order. And Sean Burke built upon his award-winning August with four shutout innings. We should officially change the name of the Winston-Salem Dash to the depleted Winston-Salem Dash. As they were shut out by Brooklyn 6-0, they could only muster four hits, one of them a double. Kannapolis had more luck with a 3-1 victory over Augusta. Jacob Burke continued his strong start to his pro career by going 1-3 for three with a hit-by-pitch. Around the league, both the White Sox and Twins gamed a half game on idle Cleveland as the Twins hung on to avoid a sweep at Yankee Stadium. The Yankees loaded the bases on Michael Fulmer with one out in the ninth, but a generous strike zone assisted Fulmer for a strikeout and a routine 4-3 groundout secured a 4-3 win for the Twins. Both teams are now just one and a half games back of the Guardians. The Cardinals lost the Nationals 11-6, spoiling a record-setting night at Busch Stadium, as Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina tied the record for starts made by a battery with 324. They now share the honor with Detroit's Mickey Lolich and Bill Freehan, who teamed up from 1963 to 1975. The Brewers swept a doubleheader against the Giants 2-1 and 4-2. Corbin Burns struck out 14 over eight innings in the opener. Milwaukee's day was further helped by the Phillies, as David Robertson blew the save in a 6-5 loss to Miami. The Brew crew was able to shave one and a half games off the Phillies cushion for the final wild card spot in the National League and are now just two and a half games back. In the only game without postseason implications of any kind, the Reds beat the Cubs 4 to 3, and they weren’t even in Iowa to make it interesting. That'll do it for this edition of the White Sox Wake-Up Call. Visit SoxMachine.com to celebrate the victory and review the night on the farm before we bemoan the possibility of Tony LaRusse's return. Also, since this is the last podcast before Saturday, reminder that you can watch Saturday afternoon's game with Sox Machine and from the 108 on playback. Follow Saturday's first pitch thread for details. If you are new to the Sox Machine podcast, you can subscribe to it wherever podcasts are found. And if you like what we do, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash where you can get an ad-free version of the site and show with bonus content on both for as little as $2 a month. Thanks for listening to the Sox Machine podcast. For SocksMachine.com, I'm Jim Margulis.